1: Are we on the air today? <laughs> yes, we are, because that is the name of the show. Welcome. I am Sam Delev, and this is our Children of AirTay After Show, where I get to squeak with hypersonic excitement about everything that's going on in the show, and our guests can finally spill all of those things that held back during the last few episodes. And our guest tonight has the most secrets for us to pry from her lips. It is Deborah Ann Wool, the Game Master of Children of Arte. Hello, everyone. And principal engineer of our story, Locomotive. Thank How are you, you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk.
0: I'm going to be as stingy as possible, though. Pry as much as you may. <laughs> I'm
1: well-trained. PvP has now commenced. But before <laughs> we can enter that honorable yes. interrogation combat, I am contractually and near mystically obligated to mention our show's sponsors. Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, for whom you can type code into chat for a free Electrum chest in-game. Remember, just because they're from the Forgotten Realms, they are not forgotten. And Die Hard Dice, use code ERTE at checkout for a 10% discount on clicky-clacky math rocks to make your goblin heart very happy. We will be doing a giveaway in chat during the stream and doing our utmost... Not to go into the chat and try to get ourselves more dice. We don't need more dice. Do you need more dice?
0: Me? No. And I'm not very suspicious about dice. So I'm not a big, like, oh my gosh, all my dice have betrayed me. I need new ones. I'm kind of like, oh, cool. My dice are rolling low. It's fun. You know. <laughs> they are a reward,
1: no matter which right? direction yeah. they roll. It's fun. It's very fun. But if you have gripping questions like these, Remember, you too can ask Debra what the actual heckity heck is up with that door, for instance, (laughs) by asking your question with question in all caps in chat. I cannot guarantee that I will yell the word question at her just purely for the sake of our audio, but we are going to try to sprinkle in a couple of your questions along with mine own. So let's start and please just tell me how you found these first three episodes. Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for your background. It's perfect and lovely. And
0: I <laughs> I love seeing the train station in the background. It's wonderful. So thank you for the uh, the homage. And thank it you for doing this. It was a schlep to get here. I'm but, sure you it know. was. Yes. It's hard. You got to bring all your equipment into a train station. It's a whole thing. Paint um, everything back the <laughs> But thank you very much for doing this and hosting this, Sam. That means so much to me. And I appreciate that you're you know, spearheading this, this part of the project. So thank you. Oh, woe is me. so yeah so those first three episodes so I'm I'm first of all relatively new to this like weekly live stream thing so I'm very used to like keeping things moving and like make sure you end within the time limit and you know it's a one shot usually so you got to get that conclusion in so this has been interesting I of course way over prepared So even, you know, Josh, our our producer, will will giggle along with me because I gave him, like, cues for sound and handouts and things. And I was like, we might get to these in the first one. We're three and we haven't gotten to, like, 90% of what I sent him yet. And I didn't send him that much yet either. But um, so, yeah, so I I anticipated a sort of a different sort of speed on this thing. But what's been fantastic is how much these players can make of, Small moments, right? The little, little moments like seeing the face in the window, or uh, meeting an NPC, or having you know champagne and chocolates <laughs> <laughs> becomes such a fascinating uh, little character set. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm enjoying the show I get to watch <laughs> every Tuesday night.
1: What will my players do next? Yeah. So you started them off. Well, in a train station and i'm curious are you a train person what inspired right this training Mom so have.
0: i i am i do really like trains and i especially like vintagey things vintagey trains and so forth and and you know it's it's we all have that i think or many of us have that sort of trope in our minds that you know hogwarts express you know whatever it is yeah. we have that excitement um inside of us and, and i you know i wanted to also you spoke of your love of puns you know i there's that idea of railroading or putting your players on tracks and that made me laugh when i thought of it so i was like what if i literally put them railroaded them, and put them on tracks um but i also have this idea that uh any adventure, you know, if we, if we base an adventure on kind of a, the the simple five-room dungeon, right? That's kind of your foundation. But a five-room dungeon can be anything. It can be the side of a cliff, it can be caves, it can be a dungeon, or it could be five cars with a train. Um, so the idea being that this is essentially a dungeon on wheels, there are traps, there are puzzles, there are battles, there are all kinds of things that are hiding in this train, plus you're going 70 miles an hour through the winter woodlands. Um, so that's going to be fun, and I did. I did a lot of research about trains. Uh, my brother and I went to the L.A. Train Museum, and I, you know, took pictures of all the engines, and um, I learned how steam locomotives work and all kinds of things like that. Now this is gamified, so if we get into any of that in the game, please nobody at me for my <laughs> for my gamified knowledge. But I'm hoping I like to teach and to learn while i'm playing so i'm hoping that in some small way this will maybe be a way people can get interested in old trains and how they work
1: did you like pick up new train facts in this research i did
0: it's, i absolutely did i watched a whole bunch of documentaries on the flying scotsman which is a, a famous you know uh uk or it's yeah yeah uk uh train that you know vintage train that they've restored and. Um, it's. I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful train. There's something called a pass-through tender that I'm really interested in. Um, I don't think I'm gonna use it in Children of Arte, which is why I will share it with you now, but a pass-through tender was the idea that on long haul trips, the crew, if they needed to get to the engine and change shifts while the train is still moving, the tender is where you keep the wood or coal and the water. And they made one that has this tiny little tunnel <laughs> that goes through the container, through the tender container. It's about, I think they said like 12 inches wide and five, you know, five feet tall. So you are just like squeezing through this little tunnel to get from the back to the, uh, to the engine. And so that's so cool. And so I was doing a bunch of research on pass-through tenders. Um, but yeah, it's
1: fascinating. Oh my, I can see why that might appeal as yeah. a game setting right wouldn't
0: it and i mean the fact that they that you know um silas went up on top first episode (laughs) is fascinating to me because i was hoping someone would do that i wasn't anticipating it that early on but i do think there's this um we, we mistake train travel we think oh it's safe it's something but those trains go 60 70 miles an hour when they're up to speed and that is not easy in the movies you see people running around on top of trains all the time That's impossible. Um, So another really big inspiration of mine is one of my favorite books is The Great Train Robbery by um, Michael Crichton, uh, which is a train robbery that takes place in Victorian England. And the same thing, he underestimates (laughs) what it's like. He goes up there and gets covered in soot. Uh, It's very hard to get away with a a robbery when
1: you look like something
0: (laughs) ridiculous happened to you.
1: (laughs) So you've heard it here first, folks. Yeah. Don't run on top of trains. It's dangerous. It's
0: extraordinarily dangerous. And I wanted it to be so for Silas in that first one. You know, I, I, these are squishy little first level characters. So for him to take that risk, I will give you the behind the scenes on that. Already on this adventure, I think three or four times people have been down to one hit point. Uh, in fact, I will say I believe one is right now. Like where we are in our cliffhanger at the moment, one of our characters has one hit point. So we have already brought them to the brink a couple of times here. You
1: know what? That is exactly as many hit points as you really need. Anything else is is just icing, right? Exactly. You just need the one. You just need the one. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) Don't even worry about it. So despite it being a vintage train, it has been updated. And this is set unlike so many games in the modern day. And I think you even mentioned at one point, oh, if someone's yeah. nervous about yeah. running things in the modern day, don't <laughs> be, you got Goggle in, have on goggle. In their smartphones, all <laughs> sorts of, I can't wait to hear more of those. <laughs> but seriously, what uh, what inspired you to juxtapose Vintage Train mm-hmm. and Modern Setting? Mm-hmm. Um, that's
0: interesting. I mean, I think this this, it started out with wanting it to be human commoners in the real world. And today, or, you know, I'm calling it the present because, you know, I'm not gonna make them wear masks or hand sanitizer, you know, it's it's the present. Um, uh, so I, that was sort of where we started. And then I think I got the inspiration for the train kind of as I was putting together the actual story. And then I thought it would be more fun if it was vintage. And then, you know, I think from some of the hints we've gotten so far, we are talking about, uh, events that occurred in the past that are still sort of affecting and influencing their experience upon this train so it needed to be an old train so that it could have some some history
1: perfect so (laughs) have you thus far been validated in your hypothesis that (laughs) modern it like modern is not disrupted any like advice to folks about who might be considering this or be wary of it? Sure. I mean, I I would treat treat Goggle
0: uh, the internet as you would a library, right? You know, if they're in a town, they would have, you know, it, let's say it's the Forgotten Realms and they're in a city. If they have access to a library, they have access to everything that the Goggle would have, you know, uh, for their world. So, you know, some of it is is still asking them to roll. So even though even though you and I are very good at the goggle uh, in our everyday lives, yeah. um, you know, things like like inaccurate uh, reporting, right? Like sometimes, you know, Wikipedia is, is a, you know, everyone contributes. So we don't always know how accurate a Wikipedia article is going to be. Sometimes mm-hmm. you'll spell a name wrong and you won't be able to find the person. So there are, I know you look shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I think remembering that even in our modern world, it's not it's not perfect and it's not, you know, it's still information can still be hard to come by. And you have those tools at your disposal. Um, you know, and and I, you know, without spoiling too much, uh, you know, obviously they only have Wi-Fi when they are on the train. They have, as you noticed, I'm sure, they do not have cell reception. So should they decide to stray from the train for any reason, we will be back to just their own personal knowledge. Um, so yeah, so I think putting putting some limits like that, um, you know, I think also the fact that it's a vintage train helped me out because there's not cameras or keypads or, you know, things that kind of more modern technology that sometimes can be difficult to get around. But again, I still say with some, you know, good brainstorming and creativity, you could probably do anything.
1: I have no doubt. So to that effect, we do have some Twitter questions that came in earlier, one sure. seeming in particular relevant to this. Uh, Cassius355 asked whether Children of Erte uses Arcana skill, technology skill? Um, So yeah, I'm just using investigation
0: for for goggle searches, (laughs) essentially. Um, Arcana can certainly come into play. They all have Arcana stats. I think the interesting thing for this is that since we are playing... the instruction that I gave to the characters, to the players, there is magic in this world, right? But sometimes we categorize it differently, right? Oh, my friend, she never loses anything. Sometimes, somehow, she just seems to know where things are, right? We 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 cast it off, you know. Um, uh, you know, oh, that person's amazing at sports. They're barely trained, right? They, but somehow, just naturally, they have that ability. Yeah, so we, we we already have these things that make us special and unique and magical, um, but in the real world, we don't see it as magic. We see that as just talent or you know something you were born with or uh, even things that you've trained for. So I, I encourage them that obviously there will be magic and there will be uh, things of other worlds in this story, but that for whatever class they chose, that they incorporate real world justifications for it. So the hope is that they will learn that this is magic and that they've been magic all along. Um, but right now, no one's thinking to use an check because nobody is quite believing yet that mm-hmm. that's really where they are so I'm, I'm i think you'll see more things like arcana checks and um you know specifically magic using uh down the line right now it's more innately i cast this thing because it's just this thing I know how to do and for some reason when i pat people on the back they just feel better about themselves i don't know what it is it's just my presence right
1: <laughs> well that i think is your personality but that's particular to you. <laughs>
0: I was talking about, you know, if you were to cast friends on someone, let's say, you know, uh, it could could just be an innate, you don't really know how you do it yet. Um, So they will level up, their characters will level up as their characters level up, which is pretty cool.
1: But I've also noticed that some of the characters are more arcanely credulous than Mm, others. Yes, Yes. Some seem to take it. take to it like a duck to water but (laughs) it seems like you've left room for skepticism within the characters magic is real but also some might look for reality show explanations
0: yeah well we talked a little bit about like i always think i always joke about the the molder scully line right so like are you the molder who believes or are you the scully who's like i need evidence right and both are valuable, we need both in our world and, and we need both to find our way to credibility and truth. Um, so, you know, some of the conversations with the players is like, "And where are you on that spectrum? You know, are you, are you ready to believe in magic or do you need someone to sort of prove it to you first? And so, you know, I think they've been doing a wonderful job of sort of leaning into whichever side of that spectrum that they exist on. Um, and hopefully they'll all kind of get closer and closer to, to both. As the
1: as the story goes on, have any of them within that spectrum broken a direction that you didn't expect?
0: Hmm. Well, it is you know Maeve with her sort of history of for fairy tales and folk tales and things like that because the the character that she presented to me was you know a, a party girl and kind of a. Um, you know, insightful and sort of aloof and a, you know, had a little bit of a thing with drinking, you know? And so I, I kind of thought that would be, that would lean more to the skeptic side because um, she always seems to sort of have a, you know, an eye on everything going on. Um, so the interesting, I think to bring in that folklore element from her background is such a great contrast. Um, and yeah, I'm so curious to see how Jen plays with that going forward.
1: It's been almost as much a delight as her consistent motivation to ensure that no one believes the same thing that she does.
0: <laughs> yes. The commitment yes. to the trick. She's she's it's going to be very interesting the pranking. We were just talking about like how how do you pull off a prank in D&D and actually potentially have the other characters not know or whatever it is so we're gonna see maybe we can pull some things over we're gonna come up with
1: some plans maybe i mean if there is a thing to be yoinked these players (laughs) do seem quite committed to having yoinked it (laughs) they are by the end of the game everyone's inventory (laughs) <laughs> we'll have gone in a musical chair around each other.
0: I imagine so. I imagine so. And that's been another fun thing about this is, is equipment, right? So one of the, you know, again, when we had our player DM conversations, we talked about like, hey, what's your equipment? Because it's probably not going to be petons and <laughs> and hammers and so forth. Um, so, you know, a, a number of people sat down and wrote very extensive lists about the the things that they would bring. And I said, think about your character. If you were going on a week long vacation, what would you bring? You'd bring the things you need, but you'd also bring the things that were very special to you. And then I told them, hey, the train is taking you on excursions, so they're going to have some supplies on board as well. So things that they're used to having, like rope and things like that, they, they might they have to get their hands on it, but it will exist somewhere at some point.
1: There you are. Rope does exist. <laughs> rope Our exists. Our friendly GM has In been
0: children of Arte. I won't tell you where it is, but it does exist.
1: So we had a lovely question from Fallen Angel to that effect because yeah. it seemed like people's everyday carry was featuring so prominently, particularly once they got on the train. So yeah. Fallen Angel wanted to know whether your handbag looks like Neb's or Feruza's, just the what you need, <laughs> the Robins, everything you that's, might need, including hilarious. kitchen sink, or Mave Silas like, packed with special items just uh, in case you get recruited by the C.I.A. You never know, right? You never know.
0: They could come knocking on your door at any time. This whole thing could just be a CIA, you know, test, right? There's no proof it isn't. It's like it's like MIB, right? They have to fool you into
1: auditioning. Um, Men in Black, right? The yeah, remember the whole testing it sequence explains in everything that? about Maeve. I get it now. Thank you. Thank you for this reveal. <laughs>
0: um, so my personal, yeah, I I I like to go more minimal. Like I don't even have a wallet. I just have one of those little like single you know, holds a couple of dollar bills and a credit card and a driver's license thing. Um, I have a very small, very old bag that's falling apart. I'm gonna have to get someone to repair it soon. Um, I have a, I'm have a bullet journaler, so I have my bullet journal um, that I take everywhere with me, which is a notebook and a pen. And then my phone, you know, I'm a very, oh, like chapstick, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a minimal everyday carry kind of person. I'm not a big
1: bag person, uh, yeah anything in particular you think you might take care had you been invited onto Ooh. the train
0: like yeah like what my what my most important item bring would be well definitely the bullet journal i mean i love that thing it has my entire life in it uh i i sort of need it to settle down every day at night and i need it to get myself kickstarted in the morning um you know it's got all my notes for all of the sh- you know different dnd shows yeah. it's got all of my notes for the different plays and <laughs> movies and auditions and everything that i do so it's you know it's everything there
1: so yeah that's that's probably it that's mildly terrifying in an adventure <laughs> setting here's my essential here's my item.
0: life it has everything <laughs> i need it has the entire history of my life that's i mean that's the really fun thing about bulge. obviously i just bring the current one but like i have books from gosh, 12 years ago now, where I can go back and be like, yeah, on April 5th in
1: 2010, I was doing this, you know. That's such an archive. Yeah, it's nice. It's very cool. But if you were an adventurer, you would be giving your DM incredible ammunition. I would. I mean, they would
0: try to get me to lose it, I'm sure, or get it stolen or something like that. Yeah, I wouldn't tell them. I'd just be like, I have a notebook ah it's just a notebook and I, sometimes
1: I go to it to you know learn things I don't know so you don't deliberately <laughs> arm them have your players have they been giving you here please have this gift wrap thing you can me with later <laughs> well I I'm also I I mean I people have called me
0: like diabolical and things like that I don't think of myself as that at all I mean I I, I hit hard for sure but I'm very generous with like I'm not looking to blow up your game at all. If you have something creative and awesome to do, I'm not looking to stop you from using it. I want to present you with every opportunity possible to use it. So I'm, you know, if someone were to tell me that they had a book like that, I'd be like, oh, cool. What are some ways that, you know, you you would be inclined to use that to make sure that I set up opportunities where you can. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I have sort of a different, uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a big thwart to my players kind of DM. I am a... Uh, I want you to shine. I really want all of your ideas to be um, catered to.
1: Has there been anything that they've given you that feels deliberate? Like a, I hope you don't throw me in this briar. (laughs)
0: Um, I mean, I have to put that more in myself and you'll learn more about this as we go on. But I asked all of them to have an item. Along the lines of a magic item, but that's not, this is not a magic item. This is just if if it has any magic at all, it's what it means to them, the value that it carries to them personally. The magic is their relationship to this item. Um, so we have not yet seen or heard of and all of them yet. Um, some of them have been hinted at. Yeah. Uh, so that's been. That was my way of being like, here, <laughs> you know. make something very important to you. Uh, and, and hopefully they will get to be surprised as the adventure goes on as sort of how those items play into the story.
1: I confess I was terribly delighted, especially in that sort of modern flavored setting to start to see some of these items. Robin's hearing aid. Yes. Absolutely (laughs) delighted me. Uh, Can you say for the benefit of our audience, what that was and, and what's going on under the hood to any extent? So I, I, I'll have to double check, so don't hold me to this, but I believe it's a, a comprehend
0: languages sort of you know item, or she might have a spell that allows her to do that and this is this is her sort of like I said, I asked everyone to come up with justifications, come up with real world things mm. so for her, she puts this hearing aid her hearing aid in and goes, oh, it just helps me here it doesn't necessarily <laughs> register with her that she's it's being translated um which I think is really interesting um. Because again, if no one double checks that for you, how would you know? No. Uh, so yeah, so I'll that I'll have to look it up and make sure that I'm getting that right. But that's what I understand it to be, um, and how she's using it. But there are definitely a couple of times where, like, like when she used her compact mirror, I was like, so is this a special? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is this a, like a detect magic compact mirror? Or is this just? You trying a thing, and so sometimes we're we're skating around how to talk about magic without talking about magic.
1: Ah, oh, it's it's been a delight though, and for all we know, Robin worked as a translator at the UN. Yeah, of course, she just... has
0: had many professions in her 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 many years, um, and so yeah, she very well could just it just helps her hear it better, and she's translating
1: she already she already knows all of those languages she's very gifted she's very very well extraordinarily gifted <laughs> so what other curveballs have your players managed to throw at you in just three episodes
0: curveballs well they became much more obsessed with room a faster than i <laughs> that they would um I, I knew I was setting up sorry my you just gonna die here. I knew I was setting up a mystery obviously um but I guess there was a part of me that was like, oh well they'll want to try something when they have like privacy or like stuff like that but they were like no right for it. it was too big a uh, a hook for them to to leave alone and so I, I really thought uh, they wouldn't attempt it until much later at, at night. Um, so that, that was a curveball, but I was excited about it because you we didn't got right, expect it. not right away. I, I guess I assume, cause I'm such a like, oh, I'm sorry. I won't get in your way. did that kind of person that I was like in a modern world on a train where there are crew members who sure wouldn't you just would stop trying to break into room. Propriety. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, oh, okay. That room doesn't open. It's not my room, you know, <laughs> but they went right for it, there which again, blame me because i was like you know take risks i always you know fortune always favors the bold in my games go for it again i'm never gonna penalize you for trying something spectacular um you might not succeed at it but like you're never i'm never gonna like kill you because you tried something amazing um you know uh, so i'm
1: point but you know
0: death saving throws exactly what's that (laughs) um so yeah so I again I I take full responsibility for
1: <laughs> for putting myself in that position. You are known as a puzzle GM. I guess so. And your yeah. players know you're known as a puzzle no, GM. I and know. I'm not saying a mischievous GM might take advantage of such a reputation <laughs> by I don't know putting them in front of a locked door say, "Oh, <laughs> locked door right there, and then slowly letting them whittle their hit points down yes. against it.
0: They touched it so much. I was so excited that Perusa was going to maybe hit it with her axe. I was like, yes, do it. <laughs> do it. That's what oh. this door was built for. And then Silas talked her out of it. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, I, you know, that was a fun um, trap to come up with, I felt, that the idea that uh, I can't hack my way through this door because I will then hack my way through myself um, is kind of a, a wonderful deterrent. And, and are you willing to risk it? Do you think you have more hit points than the door? It's uh, <laughs> sort of an interesting conundrum to put people in.
1: Are you feeling yeah. Huh? How hardy? Yeah. How hard do you
0: feel? Fight my door. Go ahead.
1: Fight it. <laughs> there you go. Hashtag fight yeah. my door. Fight Hashtag my door. children of Arte. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Now they're going to fight smoke. So there you go. I put them in the fog. Enter combat with next. What will they? We fought a door first, and now they're in a tall, tiny little compartment filled with fog, and some sort of presence where presence is.
1: It's fine. All everything fine. is going
0: very, very oh, well. Oh, Yeah. The forward. train suddenly stopped. <sighs> not suspicious at all.
1: Surely not. But I do also love. Are you intentionally hitting all of these role-playing game memes? Because you mentioned at the top the rails and the railroad being fairly infamous. And I think even Silas obliquely cited yes. the meme role that doors have played <laughs> in RPGs. And my goodness gracious, it's it's they really have gone up against that door.
0: <laughs> it's a fun door. Um, yeah, I wanted it. I wanted you know, i definitely wanted the door to be hard, but doable. Um, and, it, you know, it was one of those interesting things where they maybe kind of needed more information before they tried before they maybe knew enough to to get through it. Um, but they were able to get there uh, with some of the help of the presences. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know that I'm intentionally uh, pulling those out. I think, I think, It is in my nature, however, to use cues, storytelling cues, right? So we know where we are when we have vintage train, when we have vicious, you know, doors that are secret and locked, when we have disappearances, um, you know, things like that. We, We get a very clear idea of the genre of this particular story of, 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 of what we're up against. And so I do like to use things like that to kind of put people in the mood and then hopefully turn those tropes on their head so that things are still
1: unexpected. Well, I do think that they handled the door in an unexpected way, the window.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, the reflection across the way. I I was excited when Silas called it the, the mirror pane door because the yeah. you know the reflection is a very important part of you know figuring that door out um and so uh yeah so I I uh, you know and i had drawn tried to draw their attention to the window with the dancing blue lights I you know I, I'm trying to give them hints wherever I can to kind of be like pay attention over here <laughs> you know like <laughs> um but yeah it was it's uh that's, I mean, that, that's one of my bigger sort of puzzle tips is to have lots of clues, have lots of ways that you can help draw attention to the way that they can solve it for themselves. So without full on giving them the answer, rather than like rolling an investigation check, you know that you have to say IV to get the door open, help them find the path themselves so they succeed at it, um, but it feels well fought, well earned.
1: I know that I've always heard video game level designers talk about Mm. lights as a way of guiding focus. Yeah, sure. I've never seen someone uh, do that with little blue wisps. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we
0: don't have their willow wisps, but yes, that type of little thing. We don't. Maeve thinks they might be. Um, But yeah, yeah, yeah. Using, using anything you can to just kind of be like, gentle arrows just here look look, look, look. Here. check it out just do
1: it just do a little roll over here you know kind of thing um yeah and so with all of that prep you have these hints you parcel them out and then you sit back and you wait to see what they're going to do to the door yeah because it did hope, not look you... like you were going to save them from the consequences <laughs> of their own oh, no. actions oh, no. i you know again i you know you it kind of worked
0: out as perfectly as it could because it hurt them a lot. They were yep. total they were totally stymied by it, but enthralled with it. They were suspicious of everyone else on the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean Silas almost killed himself trying to figure out more information yep. about it and I laughed with him later where I was like I mean if the train would have stopped tomorrow you could have gone outside tomorrow but they could not go to sleep before they got some answers um which is it's just amazing um so yeah so I think it happened in the perfect way it hurt them as much as I needed it to for them to take it like whoa this is a, there's something important back here right like this wouldn't be defended this way unless there was a reason. Um, and then it just sort of happened at just the right time after a little bit of a short rest to help them get back into a hardier place um, that I then had an opportunity to help give them an extra clue, uh, which got them in. So it's kind of, it's, that's how I would, that's how I hope that puzzles will work. It stymies you for just enough time. It, it penalizes you just enough, um, but then you find the answer and suddenly you are, have a whole new area to explore and be curious about.
1: I've never been more pleased to watch a bunch of role players throw themselves at a door in vain. (laughs) What a delight.
0: I kept touching it and they're like, oh, scratching my back and then the flame and then it's just not, it's so funny. Yeah, we lick the science. We know that now about these. Absolutely. (laughs) Lick the science. It's very helpful to lick the science. You learn a lot by licking
1: the science. You may not always like what you learn, but you, but you sure will learn. will learn something.
0: I do hope if if, if this if anyone is inspired by this adventure, it is Neb licking that door. I hope that everyone licks every door in every campaign. That should become the new, like, uh, don't split the party, always go to the left, always lick the door.
1: I Climb every a- mountain, lick yep. every door. New adage,
0: new D&D adage right there. Clip it, kids. <laughs>
1: But you also alluded to something else delightful that seems unexpected, okay. namely the wild suspicion of everyone on this train. <laughs> I know.
0: They don't trust any of my MPCs. I thought they were so nice. All these MPCs are so nice. What's the matter?
1: Maybe that's Why?
0: maybe nice. i they're 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 too uh they're caught up in D world where you can't trust anybody but this
1: is just a luxury train <laughs> it's just a, see you can't with the one side of your mouth it's just oh, a luxury yeah. train and with the other side mirror pain door
0: yeah it's just a luxury train of course they're gonna be nice to you whoever bought you your ticket paid big bucks for them to be nice to you that's all come on <laughs>
1: Oh, no. See, I wasn't suspicious before. (laughs) I am now. Gosh darn it.
0: (laughs) Well, as I I was joking to you before, um, my NPCs are all like sort of just different aspects of myself. So, you know, there's the Gloria with her efficiency and punctuality and, you know, kind of running everything and needing it all to sort of stay on track. Augie, who just wants everyone to have a great time, very comfortable. Uh, you know, Charlie, who's willing to get down and do the hard work. Alexander, who's much more artistic and, you know, wants to kind of create beautiful things. And you haven't met uh, any of the other NPCs because they, you know, they're off doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, so, you know, I think that is that might be an NPC tip as well, sort of like finding different aspects of yourself uh, to help you kind of create your, your world of NPCs
1: of the ones we have met so far, was there anyone in particular that you were pre- excited to introduce to the group like?
0: <gasps> well, Augie, I mean, I love that little accent. That's such a fun one to do. I, I'm not very good at accents. I don't have a ton of them in my back pocket, but that's a fun one. It drifts sometimes, but I don't mind. Uh, but I really like her a lot. I think she's cool and funky. And, um, you know, I like that she, you know, she wants to be a conductor. And she's working her way up and, uh, you know she knows about train she's a train buff and yeah,
1: little a little nerdy nerd. <laughs> she's a
0: train nerd like myself um it's always really fun to you know create characters who are unabashedly themselves right who just are who they are and are, are excited about it
1: just as satisfying I think as in real life <laughs> yes <laughs> Kasha true. is nice to be unabashedly yourself. See, that's even better advice than licking doors, chat. We're well, learning here. Be unabashedly yourself. Yes. So I'm going to pull a question uh, from chat real quick from To Play is Human. Yay. Which is that if it is not spoilery, what is your favorite folk tale? And is it a tale that you grew up with or something you heard later in life?
0: Oh no, a favorite photo. It is a little spoilery. (gasps) Mm. Do I care is the question. It's the after show. It is the after show. I don't know that it'll ruin anything because I've, you know, the whole point is to take the story and do unexpected things with it. All right, Uh, go read The Snow Queen by Hans Christian Andersen.
1: We have homework. <laughs> mm, I'm not familiar with that one at all. Good. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to finding out how this pertains in a terrified sort of way. Um, Are you also oh, uh, a, a folktale or fairy tale nerd?
0: Um, I I mean it's definitely my aesthetic, I would say. You know, I folktales for for grown-ups has always been my sort of general aesthetic. Um because I, I think, you know, I, I like the darker, scarier versions of those fairy tales. I, I like the ones that are, are freaky. Um, I've been very interested in Vasin, which is an, a, a new RPG that's come out. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Um, so that's that's been a fun one that's right up my alley. Kind of mystery folk tales in real world um, sort of thing. Um, I don't know that I can call myself a nerd about it. I don't know enough, but I do enjoy them. Uh, And so a lot of my just for fun reading will be things like that. And I mean, the fact is what's incredible is that every culture in the world has them, right? We're not obviously, you know, I'm talking about some of the more European folk tales and so forth, but every culture you could imagine has a wealth of stories that they have been telling for centuries um and you know you can find them all over i mean i I remember growing up with like anansi the spider was one of like my favorite books when i was a kid which is the african folk tale of the trickster spider guy you know and it's just a great um it's just a great wealth of storytelling and and, st- and, um, what's oh, the re- lesson Lesson teaching that you know so many so much about folk tales and fairy tales are about learning how to be a, a good person and a good member of the community, and um, so yeah, I, I just love them for all the reasons.
1: That's yeah, it makes <laughs> me even more excited for everything that we're going to meet in subsequent <laughs> episodes. So do you think there are things that you have laid in thus far that our players have missed? Oh, yeah. That was the fastest yes I've ever heard. Yeah. My goodness gracious. Josh is
0: nodding. Josh knows. He knows nothing about my story, but he, he already argued. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gave him things that he's like, they didn't find this. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Oh, yeah oh yeah but you had like mentioned
1: said... that like Gloria you are extremely prepared that there is there are uh superfluity. I mean, I'm trying
0: materials. I'm trying to be a little more go with the flow on this particular one just because I, I do think this is a long adventure and I want them while I'm putting them on train tracks I want that train to be as open a sandbox as possible so um, and this particular, you know, I gave them a map on the very first episode. So they have a sense of where they are and the things that they can expect. Um, I, I think that that's important to sort of build a little anticipation, you know, that who knows, maybe in a year, maybe in a week, we might be on the Bell Castle cap, right? So we don't know. Um, but I wanted that in the back of their mind, these adventures we might have, could have, right? Um, so, you know, a train, this is a This is a big train and there's a lot of rooms and a lot of little hidden areas and places they have. I mean, they have seen one and a half cars of the one, two, three, four, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six cars of this train. So, or you know, six. Yes. I mean, they have a lot more to explore. Um and they've absolutely encountered things already that are clues for other things, that are um, you know, uh hooks for other adventures that they just haven't quite nabbed onto yet. And that's okay.
1: So we had a good two and a half episodes with this one room with this one door and the whole <laughs> train's like no! Kind of, yeah. <laughs> so, and then we get off of the train, and then there's more stuff.
0: There's a whole world out of the train, but no Wi-Fi. <laughs> no
1: Wi-Fi. You only get Wi-Fi on the train. <laughs> it's very important. You have to induce them to return, and what uh, better inducement then they
0: gotta than they got to check their email?
1: Yeah, I got to check your email. Very important. Feruza certainly does. <laughs> Some of them are very, very linked to. The world and others seemed very willing to. We're going to go yeah.
0: on, but again, how wonderful, right? That they that they built in those challenges or you know or interests for themselves. You know, I thought that was so brave of them, and again, just a, a great. This is a good if you're like interested in studying up how people create characters that are engaging and and this is a really good group of people to watch for that um, because you know I. I encourage them to like lean into flaws and lean into fears and things like that, but they didn't really need it. They were like, they came to me with ideas of like ways they could challenge their characters. Um, so yeah, this is a good group to sort of study for that.
1: It's true. It, it's, uh oh, I really love every, look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Yay. There we go. did it. Are there any choices that they made that you were unsure of at first. Like, I don't know how this is going to play out.
0: Huh, I don't know. I I try not to put too much expectation on what characters will do or what players will do. So it's a little hard to be fully surprised when you haven't really you don't have specific expectations. I'll say this: it's more something they didn't do. So they got very, very obsessed with roommate, which is great, and I'm glad that they did. But I also I put a chain across a curtain that says "Authorized Personnel Only," which I thought was a big glaring like beep beep. You showed it to beep, us a couple beep, times too. I said it a couple of times because mm-hmm. I was like, guys. <laughs> Forbidden territory. You You can't
1: go here. You are not
0: allowed to go past this. You'd better not this chain across the curtain. You know, Um, but again, like that's so that's a little unexpected. That that, I mean, maybe not. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but that the room has gripped them so much more than that. Um, You know, and again. there's no order in which any of this has to be completed. So I, it doesn't bother me whichever way they decide to go. Um, but I was just, I was surprised that there wasn't at least more someone marking it um, and saying, I'm going to come back later, or pointing it out or something along those lines. But maybe because they're not suspicious enough yet. We'll see.
1: Right. Because they are... Completely credulous of all of your NPCs. So surely they're very comfortable with everyone going into yes. this authorized personnel only.
0: Of course, of course.
1: It that really is a wild combo, but that's I mean, so I was weird. like, I might as well
0: put a button, a big red button that says don't push this button. That's what I felt like that sign was. Don't don't go here.
1: <laughs> I think they have it is just that as is up. Op- no one could get this room open. No. That was, that
0: was, I mean, definitely the door no one can get through is always, you know, what are you going to do? You got to figure that one out, right?
1: I mean, I'll be honest. Maybe I credited the staff too much. I thought to myself, well, surely they tried the ordinary sort of things (laughs) like uh, the doorknob or, or, or picking locks. I, I will credit them with that. I probably couldn't get through this door. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, that was supposed that you know, that's the setup. That's the idea is to say, hey, look, everyone's tried. Um, we don't know what it is, but, you know, this is a vintage train. We're not going to hack the door down. You know, so that was another thing of mine when building this was to say, if this is someplace special, you can't just smash it right? Mm. Um, and if there are people who work here, and this is their business, again, like you can't just smash it, you might, but you're gonna, you're gonna exhaust other options, you're gonna have to do that. Um, you know, but it, it can't really be your or likely will not be your first, uh, you know, choice to smash a door when you're like, ooh, this is a vintage thing. And it's, there's a nice place. And you know, I don't know. So there's, I was trying to put a little bit of that, um, just that little boundary there to sort of make sure that some we think outside the box first you know
1: outside the box car at least exactly (laughs) i guess please tell me though it wasn't vintage glass in that window pane in silas's room (laughs) i worry about it now that was replaced it might have been Um, that was likely replaced
0: yes (laughs) i imagine some of the windows will be original there but um we can say for your sake that his window (laughs) Thank you it <laughs> was an update that. just for, just for you someone else tried the same uh, <laughs> antic and smashed it before so
1: <laughs> so we have a lovely question from New moonlight how do you make sure your puzzles aren't too hard. New Moonlight once had a Lichtenberg fractal mark, a door that needed to be struck by lightning to open and the players got frustrated with not being able to figure it out. It sounds like lots of different clues are one sort of thing, but if you've gotten in and you find that you have wildly miscalibrated your puzzle, what is your swerve? So one, I always offer investigation checks just for hints, right?
0: Just to say, hey, you are smart enough in looking at this thing around to get a hint. Um, I also, I am, I am also not the kind of person who's like, I didn't write it down so it doesn't exist, right? Like if that was my door and they had been exploring it and they just can't figure it out and someone goes like, oh, fine, I'll do another investigation check. And if they roll well enough, I might say a, a stone in the wall to the right of the door catches your eye. As you go over to look at it, there's a lightning bolt you know, etched into the stone, but discreetly, you know, so I didn't write that in my notes, but I am I want you to get it. Mm -hmm. And I want you to feel like you earned it. So, you know, using, go ahead, throw it, make a clue, and just throw it in somewhere, but make them roll for it, you know, um, so that there's a a feeling of maybe you did write it a week ago, and they Mm -hmm. just found it now, right? So you can, I, I am not opposed to just making it up, adding it in to to give them whatever sort of boost that they need to get there because puzzles should not about be they should not be about making people feel stupid or less than it should be the opposite it should be about making people feel smart and
1: engaged and successful yeah. and creative in their yeah, solutions. Absolutely. And it sounds like there are a couple levels of earning the earning via role, the investigation to notice the clue. Right. But also that it seems characteristic of your puzzle approach not to give the answer, to give the clue in yes. exchange for a role. Luck yes. can get you the clue, but it can't get you the answer.
0: Yes, that is generally what I like. And and I, again, and this is something that other DMs will disagree with me on. I, I will always put a player over a character. Um, I want, it's more important to me that players are having fun and feeling excited than that they get through the door in a timely manner or whatever, you know, kind of thing. So I, I want them to have the excitement of figuring it out. So I might give you a really great clue, (laughs) you know, I might give you a clue that says like, you know, again, in that room with the lightning door, you know, there's also a hole in the ceiling and you can see store above. I might, I might give you every step of the way there, but I want you to make the leap. Um, so that's all I just, I'm just going to continue to firm up the ground beneath you so that you feel comfortable making the leap, uh, of solving the puzzle. And, and also if you come up with an alternate solution, I'm going to say, yes, I'm going to give it to you. If it's a good one and it works, forget my solution. My, I'm going to use my solution on another door and you'll have to solve it again, you know, (laughs) but if you come up with one that works again, more important that you have fun, you feel smart. And you feel like you are successful then I stick to my notes kind of
1: thing. We can't see the notes. We don't know yeah. what the ontological answer to the puzzle ever was. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I a thing. When people come up with other solutions to your puzzles, free puzzle. <laughs> free puzzle. <laughs> I now get to use that puzzle somewhere
1: else and seem extra brilliant. So I'll take Reduce, it. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Exactly. Have the players prompted that yet? You don't have to go into details if you you don't want to. Yeah, here and there. I mean, things that like,
0: like when I can say, for example, so like when Robin used the mirror, her compact mirror to look at the door. So per the mechanics that I had worked out for the door, I I couldn't really make that full on work, even though she was like right on the money, man. You know, like like she was using a reflection to try to get the thing, but it just. For things reasons I can't tell you, it just I couldn't actually say that that was gonna work. Um, so instead, I was like, okay, and it's not a detect magic spell. I gave her that mirage hazy thing because I was like, I want you to feel that you're on the right track, that you're getting to something, that it is something about reflections. Um, so that's not in my notes, I didn't account for that or anything like that, but I, I just wanted her to have sense that. You earned something by by checking that out. And hopefully that'll implant in your brain that reflections are important. You're just looking in the wrong reflective device. You know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> just got flipped around. Yeah, that's all. So as as we start to gently wrap up. I want (laughs) to grab a question from JL Casey in chat about wrapping up in a game. So how important uh, is it with your time as a GM uh, to spend some with your players after session Hmm. for discussion or calm down or literally the opposite of that, of that was totally wicked. (laughs) What What does after the game yeah. look like for children well, the, at their
0: time. the latter you know is is sort of always first the kind of like <laughs> what is happening oh my god I can't believe you did that oh what are we gonna do you know kind of thing and so I want to let you want to let that steam blow off real quick um you know especially when you're doing a live show I think <laughs> as well where there's a little bit of performative um not withholding but uh you want, you want to keep telling story, right? You don't want to sort of break for five minutes and go, oh my God, that was so cool and break character and break, you know, that. So so they have been holding on a little bit because, you know, Faruza might not be as excited about something as Alicia is, you know? And so yeah. she's holding on a little bit to that until the end of the game. So I want to give everyone a, a chance to blow off that steam. Um, and then, yeah, start downloading it. And I, you know, there's definitely things um, that we can, to talk about all together uh, if they have any particular like I sometimes I might ask is there anything particularly that you are interested in that you know that way I can just have a little bit of a sense of where we might be headed next time um, but then I've also always opened it up to emails and I said if there's something you want to tell me specifically or not that the others don't ha- have to hear or want to hear um, you can always email me and you know that might be because I'm not a very like fireside chat kind of dm and they might need to be like hey we need an episode where we just like sit and talk you know, <laughs> and i could <can> go great It's <laughs> just a sleepover in a lounge car that's okay we can make that happen um it's, it's, again it's a week off for me sort of so <laughs> I, can, I can let that happen but yeah to let me know what they're looking for out of the uh out of the adventure and um I don't know if they're feeling uh, insecure about anything or choices that they made. And it's a chance for me to reassure everyone that they're doing a great job um, and that everything's, you know, flowing smoothly. And and I'm excited about their choices.
1: Which leads me to my final question for today's episode. I know I have to leave y'all wanting more (laughs) always. uh, So you roll into the next one, but... In the spirit of looking forward to that next session, yes. What are you hoping, in whatever vague, spoiler-friendly terms, what are you hoping for from the next session? A, a feeling to evoke, or I know we probably can't talk about plot points, but maybe we could. What are you? What do you hope to see in that next session?
0: Two words, roll initiative.
1: (gasps) Okay, that's too good. That's the, we are calling it (laughs) on that. I'm gonna go get my dice and add my dex modifier to something. And I am going to thank you. Thank you. For joining me for this inaugural episode. This is so
0: fun. Yeah,
1: a delight. I love learning more about these stories. I appreciate everything that you've told us, and I will never, ever buy that. You did not diabolically mastermind that door specifically to frustrate players for two and a half episodes. This is a headcanon. I did gone. I I
0: I did it I did diabolically create it to stump them for two and a half episodes. I just thought they would be like episodes five and six, not one and two. <laughs> but... So,
1: to see where our players will be diabolically stumped next, please join us for all of the weeks that aren't on the tay You get to see the real deal, the genuine article, GM by Deborah Anwal, Children of Airtay. In this time slot on Tuesdays at six PM Pacific, right here on this Bat Channel twitch.tv slash DemiPlaneRPG RPG, and out on YouTube. So, Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Where Sam. can the people find you?
0: Oh, I'm on the, all the things at my name. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm so bad at social media. I'm so sorry if I don't respond to your reaching out, everyone. Um, I try to do it when I can. Um. But yeah, it's my name, I'm pretty sure, on all platforms. And uh, I promote this and other
1: things that I do. And so, yeah, come and and see what I'm up to. (laughs) Come see what she's up to here and throughout the internet. And until then, we're going off the air today. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Children of Arte. To learn more about Demiplane, visit Demiplane.com and embark on your own adventure today.